So today in the gospel, uh, the Lord, you can almost hear the, the pain in his voice, right? Where he sees people who understand the exteriors of the faith. They get the external practice of the faith. They know what, it, what, what they're supposed to do externally, right? So we're supposed to know the scriptures, we're supposed to uh, say certain prayers, uh, liturgically we're supposed to dress a certain way or whatever it may be. There are certain washings that are customary and all this kind of thing. So there were plenty of externals, which they followed, and not only followed, but followed to the letter of the law. Like they'd be, you know, there was, I'm, sure, I'm sure there was a certain way of washing. It wasn't just a general washing. They would probably, you know, like when it came to these kind of things, the Jews were meticulous. You know, if you look into how temple sacrifices took place, like it was a special kind of knife and there was a special way of slicing well okay anyway this, you know everything everything was really really specific to the gr- smallest detail so now the problem here isn't that we have traditions or the problem isn't that you know there are details as to how we're supposed to celebrate mass the problem is the heart this people honors me with lip service only that's the problem the problem isn't that you know we, we should be able to just I don't know, celebrate mass whatever way you want and we can use coke and chips and we can you know, invent our own prayers. That's not what the Lord is saying here. He's not saying throw away all these traditions. He's saying, though, what's, don't get stuck. It's not like once you've ticked all these external boxes, you're good to go. It's the heart that, that, that's important. Get that right and everything else falls into place. Get the heart right. Get the heart right. And this is, this is, this is, this is where it's at. This is, the, this is the fight. This is the daily struggle for... For me, for yourselves, I'm sure as well, getting the heart right, because the externals are, are, are fairly easy to get right, especially culturally here in Ireland. It was fairly easy to be uh, to be Catholic and just to, to be brought along by the culture, which kind of flowed towards Mass on a Sunday anyway. Even when I was young, like GA teams would never have practice on a on a Sunday, whereas a lot of am I allowed to say this? Yeah, a lot of cycling clubs and clubs now have they they have their their meets on a on a Sunday morning. I think even some a lot of local clubs. Actually, I practice now on Sunday morning. These kind of things. Th- things have changed. Before, there was... I even remember coming home from Mass, actually, when I was a kid, and there wouldn't be a shop open, apart from the, sh- the one shop near the church, you know, so you can get the messages on the way home, get the fresh leaf for milk, and maybe the, the, the loaf of bread. But apart from that, like, there, were, there were no shopping centres open. There was, there was nothing. No hardware stores open. Nothing like that. That's even in my lifetime, which is really long, apparently. Okay, so learning to put God... In, in, in the first place and, and honour him with the heart honour him with the heart today is the feast day of St. Josephine Bikita so she has a, an unusual story in that I think we're used to hearing stories of saints who were born into a holy family and grew up with the faith and then had some little struggle along the way and got a bit sick and offered it all up and became saints uh, that's not really her story uh, she was born in Sudan in 1869 uh, into a relatively prosperous family. Uh, her father was a, a, a tribal leader. So she, up until the age of eight, everything was fine. She knew no hunger, no, no difficulty. Everything, everything was relatively good. At about that age, though, uh, she was taken slave by Arab slave traders, the age of eight. And um, she was made walk then at that age. Just keep, keep, if you have any nieces or nephews at the age of eight, just remember, just keep, keep in mind, what size person, what age person we're talking about here? Eight. Um, and made walk with 600 miles. 600 miles. That's here to Belfast and back, I'd say, is it? 
Yeah, easily. Easy. The, length, the whole length of Ireland is about 600 miles, so that's probably dingle to Belfast. Anyway, uh, made walk uh, about 600 miles. Um, when she was sold, she was handed over and traded a couple of times on the way. And then eventually uh, sold then to uh, a, a Turkish general. Um, the, the treatment that she underwent as a, a, as a slave was nothing short of horrific. Her first owner, um, it seems that she might have knocked a vase or something to the ground. And her owner then beat her so badly that she was incapacitated for a month. Keep in mind, she's still a child. So she must have been about 12 or 13 about that age, maybe even less at about that age. She doesn't know how old, she doesn't remember herself how old she was. She actually even forgot what her name was back in Sudan. Her Arab traders called her, uh, we, we translated in English, Lucky, Fortunata in Italian and, and uh, Bakita in, in their language. So she was nicknamed Lucky, as a, a sarcastic name, like, because she was anything but Lucky. Her, her, her owner then, this Turkish general, bought her for his wife and mother-in-law. And it's, it's hard to understand, I, 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 don't, I find it hard to understand why on earth this was the case, but they would beat her daily for, for nothing, I guess, because she couldn't have been doing anything to warrant any, that kind of treatment in any way, shape, or form. So they'd beat her daily. And then the sadistic wife there decided that, that she wanted to see Bikita scarred, right? So they would like draw out these shapes, you know, with flour on her body. Okay, they want to be like, yeah, you like that? Yeah, I like that. And then they get a blade and cut it in. And once that was done, they get salt over the wound to make sure it would stay scarred, that it wouldn't heal properly. These kind of lumpy, grainy salt to make sure the scar would stay as a scar. And she had 114 of these done on her body while her mistress stood over her with a whip in case she would flinch or try and run. It's hard to understand, like, the, 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 the cruelty. Uh, absolutely horrific stuff. So she was anyway, later on she was sold to uh, an Italian vice consul. Uh, his name was uh, Legani. So Legani then was in Sudan doing a bit of work, and eventually it was time to go home. So he decided he'd head off, and Bakita begged to come with him. And he accepted, so she came back to, to Italy back to a place called Schio, near Venezia. What's that? Vincenzo? Yeah, anyway, it's in the north of Italy. Okay. Uh, so, so, while there, she got on well. And it's, it's, even when you read the accounts, you know what I mean? She, she, she was treated well. She wasn't beaten at all. When you read the accounts of it, like, you go, my goodness, is, is, is that the standard? She was treated well. She wasn't beaten. But that's, like, this was her life. That's what she knew so far. So she was brought to Italy, and the family were, were good to her. Uh, she was a, a, a nanny, then to, a, to a, a young family, and they loved her. And she learned Italian, and uh, she got on very, very well with them. So the family had to go way back to Sudan for more business, so they asked her to stay with, the, with a, a convent of sisters. Uh, I don't know, I have no idea how we say it in English, it's Canosian uh, in, in Italian. Canisius, I don't know, a Canisian maybe in English. So she stayed with them. So when she stayed with them, then she started to join their prayer program. So morning prayer, evening prayer, vespers, and, and their meals, and so on and so forth. And she describes that she came to know this God who she always knew was there, 
but just never knew anything about him. So she, she came to actually know who he is, what he wants. Uh, she came to know his heart through the lives of the sisters. The consul Lagani came back then from, from Italy and said, so, so Bikita, so you can come back. And she said, nope. Uh, and he said, oh, well, yes, you, you've got to come back. And she said, nope. And then a bit of a s struggle, a uh, tussle uh, ensued, and it went to court because the sisters saw that, like, you know, here we have, like, a, a beautiful soul. There's something good here. And it was discovered in, in, during this court case that when she was taken slave in 1877, uh, slave trade had been illegal in Sudan, so she wasn't legally a slave, so effectively she was free. So at that age then she became free for the first time in, 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 uh, that she could remember. She was now free. She could kind of decide where she wanted to go. So when she was asked, where do you want to go? She said, I'd like to be a sister. So she was baptized First Holy Communion and Confirmation on the same day and, uh, and lived then in, in, in Skio. During, the second, during the, the second World War then, uh, she, she kind of became, she became reputed as, as their protectress in the city because bombs did fall but none of them went off. Well, bombs did fall but no one was killed in Skio. Uh, so it was, yeah, she, they, 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 they hailed her as their, as their protectress. Um, and they, they, they called her, this sounds awful in English, but like, okay. They called her the, the, the little brown sister, okay. But in Italian, it's probably Suora Mora, which Suora is sister and Mora is kind of tanned. But, the, but Italians would also call themselves tanned, so it's not, it's not a racist term, just so that's clear. Uh, but they probably call, it's probably Suora Mora. Uh, but, uh, and they loved her. And they'd come and they'd visit her, and she was so gentle. But there was this one thing she said uh, when she was asked about her time as a slave. And you can imagine, like, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how people heal from that kind of experience. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Like, because even when I just think about it, and this is just maybe my confession, but when I even think about it, I actually get so angry. Do you know what I mean? I was I, like, if someone was, you know, hurting someone I knew, or if I was getting hurt, I could just imagine I just tear the, I'd, I'd, I'd go ballistic. Do you know what I mean? But maybe, maybe it's you get you're, you're beaten down so often and so regularly that that's the fight has gone out of you. I don't know. But so I don't even know how you'd function normally ever after that. But not only did she, she became a saint. And when she was asked then, like, about her her, her kidnapping and her, her her time as a slave, she says, "I thank." my kidnappers because because of them I discovered the Lord I, my goodness I thank my kidnappers because because of them I discovered the Lord that's just mind-blowing like I just you know it's just it's because it's so easy to talk about these things of the faith and it's so easy to talk about prayer and it's so easy to talk about forgiveness but living it living it's another world and this is what she did and one of the conditions to become a saint in the church is that you must live heroic virtue so it doesn't matter what the virtue is some virtue that you live to a heroic degree and this was this was Josephine Begita she lived forgiveness to a heroic degree she lived love to a heroic degree humility to a heroic degree 
It's when you compare that to what the Lord is talking about in the gospel. You know, people who just say, honor him externally with, you know, just ticking the box on the, on the, can you see the difference? I can see what the Lord is looking for and can you see what he was presented with that day in the gospel? He wants people to love him with, with the heart. And then all the, the externals, they are important, but they'll fall into place naturally when the heart is in the right place. Whereas if we only have externals, you only have a shell. And the, 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 the content, the content just isn't there. And while you can have everything right on the outside, inside you can be filled with jealousy and anger and hatred and impurity and all sorts of stuff. But outside look absolutely fine. You get the heart right, you get the, the soul right, and everything else will sort itself out. So we ask the Lord today, through the prayers and intercession of St. Paquita, we ask her for an increase in our own faith. We ask her to pray for, for all of those who suffer at the moment, for those who are, for those who are forgotten, for those who feel hopeless, for those who suffer because of the actions of another. We pray, Lord, for for them to be able to say in a heroic way, because it's nothing short of heroic, with St. Paquita, that, Lord, I offer this all to you. Lord, may every cross draw us ever closer to you. Amen.